Welcome to The Well Q&A Podcast. The Well is the student ministry of Key Life Fellowship, which exists to equip students for lifelong service of Jesus Christ. Each week through a QR code given to them at youth, students of The Well anonymously send in various questions they have regarding the lesson or even about various biblical topics. We pray that we may also be a blessing to your Christian walk as together we find all the answers that we need in the Word of God. Well, welcome back to the Well Q&A Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in once again. Thank you for also sending in questions week after week and trusting us to, to answer them biblically in a way that you can understand the Bible more clearly. Uh, here at the Well, we have just finished up our Ephesians study that we've been going through verse by verse for most of this year. This past Sunday, we just had our Christmas party, which was a blast. Green Team, congratulations on your well-earned, well-deserved, and nail-biter of a victory. You guys carry that on until next year with the bragging rights that you definitely earned, fought hard for, fought valiantly. You guys were wonderful participants. Even the red team, you did great as well. Down to the wire. So much fun. But, man, we can't wait to get back to youth this next Sunday and see what God's Word has to say to us yet again. But today, someone who asked this question, man, I tell you, you're reading the Bible. Because this question, especially when you read the Bible through, you're going to get to a lot of things that you just don't understand at the first glance. You need some, maybe a little more help to understand it, and that's totally fine. Uh, and you're not alone in asking this question, especially reading the question that was submitted right now. You're reading... And you're like, what in the world's going on? I gotta, I, I gotta figure this out. And so let's get, let's get right down to it. The question was, why did in the Old Testament, why, why were there so many people who sacrificed lambs and other animals? Why did they do that before Christ? And why did they stop doing that? It seemingly looks that way. Definitely, you read the scriptures, and we know now. Why'd they sacrifice lambs before Jesus, and why'd they stop? So let's talk about the sacrificing of lambs really quickly. Uh, sacrificing of animals uh, of any type, that was nothing new. In fact, the first sacrifice that we see is in the Garden of Eden, right after Adam and the woman sinned. What took place there, and if you're, if you're not careful, you'll miss what actually happens. You've got both of them sin. They then immediately realized that they were naked and they were ashamed. As opposed to before sin, they were naked and felt no shame. Now they're naked, ashamed, and they run and hide from God and actually try to cover themselves with fig leaves. Well, this wouldn't do for the Lord, and so he covers them with animal skins. That is the first shedding of blood in the history of the world. Those animals that the Lord sacrificed to clothe them, to cover them, to atone for their sins. We'll talk about that a lot in this episode. We see that there in the garden. We see them sporadically, different sacrifices uh, through the Old Testament, through the book of Genesis, even through Exodus in the early earliest times. Well, then, then you get to the institution of the law. You get... Later on in Exodus, you get to Leviticus, really. The whole thing is laws, 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 sacrifices, way to offer sacrifices, to offer offerings. 
all different sorts of offerings, all different sorts of sacrifices. But why'd they do that? What was this law? What was this sacrificial law, or otherwise known as a Levitical law? What, what was this? Well, it was given to the Jewish people. It was given to the Hebrews, the Israelites. They were to follow it, and they were actually called to follow it perfectly. And within the law, they were giving uh, sacrifices or offerings to do for certain sins. For instance, if they did this sin, well, it would to be this offering and this sacrifice and do this, it shall be a pleasing aroma to the Lord and so on and so forth. There was also the Day of Atonement. Once a year, they, they would sacrifice. This is probably what you're talking about most clearly, where you see it, this lamb. And it had to be a spotless, a lamb without blemish that the priest would offer for the people's sins. You get this just going on, and you're like, man, there's a lot of bloodshed going on. And yes, there was. And so, what was this all about? Was this so that they could be saved? Because we know this, the penalty for sin is death. Uh, did this animal die in their place? Well, in a way, yes. Did this animal sacrifice have any way of really taking away their sins and bringing forgiveness from God for their sins? It might seem so, and a lot of people have been stumped because they think in the Old Testament, well, they got saved by sacrificing animals. In the New Testament, we get saved by Jesus. Until you read the book of Hebrews, Hebrews is an amazing book. Hebrews is one of those books that makes the Bible come alive from the Old Testament to the New Testament. It's one of my favorites. Uh, and especially if you've read the book of Hebrews, without a little bit of knowledge of the Old Testament, you're probably going to be lost in a lot of the stuff. But watch this come alive when we actually look at this. If you've got a Bible handy, you need to grab it because we're going to look at a, at a pretty lengthy passage in Hebrews to make all of this come together uh, as the author that remains unknown did so wonderfully for us. Hebrews chapter 10 is where we're going to be. We're going to start in verse 1 of the, the why of the sacrifices. Was it to save them? What, what in the world was it all about? Was it just something to do? Hebrews 10 verse 1 says this, The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. What he just said right there is, the law is not what saves someone. Keeping the law, we can use even the sacrifices, is not what covers and takes away sin. He calls it a shadow of the good things that are to come. A shadow, maybe you talk about a, a fuzzy picture, you kind of kind of put on squinty eyes and you look at that and you see the spotless lamb. You see, you, you, you see the unblemished sacrifice. You see the blood being spilled. You see the death. You see the trading. The, 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 sometimes they would push, place their hand on the animal that they were going to sacrifice to signify their sins were going on to that animal and it was being placed on him and that animal was taking the sins that were the people. Okay, this is a shadow of the good things. Hopefully you're putting the dots together here, hopefully. If not, you're going to in a minute. He goes on in verse 2, he says, Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? He said, if that would have done it, if all the sacrifices and the lambs and stuff would have taken their sins away, why'd they keep doing them? He said the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all. They would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. 
this is the problem because it has to be a perfect lamb, right? Well, we can look at the outside of a white lamb. It's okay. That's, that looks pretty perfect. But what if it has some kind of birth defect on the inside? What if it has some kind of abnormality or some kind of cancer or, or gland that's, that's abnormal or out of place? It's no longer a perfect spotless lamb. You had to always worry. There was always guilt of sin because you're going to sin tomorrow. And, oh, no, I already killed the lamb. I got to kill another one. I got, I got to sacrifice another pigeon or another goat or another bull or a ram or something like that. I got to do something else. He says this hasn't, hasn't, it didn't take the sins away. Verse 3 says, but those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sin. Every time that they sacrificed an animal, it proved to them, my sin brings death. Because I have to make this sacrifice just proves that I'm a sinner. Uh, you think in Galatians 3.24 that it says the law of God is a tutor or schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. It's supposed to remind us of our sin. That's the whole point of the Old Testament law, the whole thing to remind people, hey, you're a sinner. Look at the moral law, right? You want to, you, you want to prove to someone that they're a sinner? Ask them if they've ever lied. Well, yeah, well, God says thou shalt not lie in, in the, one of the Ten Commandments in his moral law. Okay, well, you're a transgressor. You're a sinner. Paul says in the book of Romans that I would have not even known what coveting was if the law did not say do not covet. The law makes us conscious of our sin. The sacrificial law also makes us conscious of our sin because if we did not sin, we wouldn't have to make a sacrifice. Here's the clear statement in all this. It's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Okay, so we're covered there. Those sacrifices did not take away sins, but what did they do? He says in verse 5, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It's written about me in the scroll. I've come to do your will, my God. That's Jesus Christ. He came to do the will of God the Father, which was to lay his life down as the once for all sacrifice for sin. Now listen to this. This is what John the Baptist said in John 1 when Jesus appears. He says, behold. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In the book of Revelation, Jesus is seen on his heavenly throne as a lamb that has been slain. Jesus is our perfect, spotless lamb. He takes away our guilt. He takes away our sin. He completely forgives us and covers or atones for our sin by his one sacrifice. Let's keep reading in this. A little quickly. First, he said, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and sin offerings you do not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, here I am. I've come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Here's what those lambs never did. They never made us holy. They never made the people right with God. The only way any person can be right with God to be made holy is by the sacrifice of Christ because not only did he take our sin and die the punishment for it, but then he gave us his perfect righteousness or holiness in exchange for our sin so that then alone can we stand before God clean, washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Not bulls and goats, but the blood 
of God's only Son. He keeps going in the, in the Hebrews 10, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again. He offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest, the great high priest, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he's made perfect forever those who are being made holy. We are made in the eyes of God holy and perfect by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Verse 18, the last verse in the passage we're going to look at today, Hebrews 10, where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Well, that answers our final question of this kind of three-part deal. Why'd they stop sac sacrificing animals? We don't need to anymore. The, our sacrifice the sacrifices before Jesus were to point us as a shadow to the greater perfect sacrifice of Jesus that was to come. When Jesus offered that sacrifice, he fulfilled the one before, and then he also secured salvation for everyone who will look to him and trust in him to save them from their sins. And he does that and will continue to do that all by the one offering of himself on that cross 2,000 years ago. Why do we not offer sacrifices anymore? Because Jesus, you can't top his sacrifice. He's the only perfect one that will take away our sins forever. Has he taken away your sins? Are you right with God? If you have never come to Jesus Christ through faith, trusting in him alone as your Savior and as your perfect sacrifice, the one who died the debt that you owed, which was your death, the one that took the punishment of God in your place on that cross and then rose again three days later to secure your salvation and an everlasting life. If you have never trusted in Christ, today may be the day for you to be saved, for your sins to be taken away. If you do not come to Jesus Christ and His sacrifice, you will not be saved and you, my friend, will bear the penalty of your sin forever in a real place called hell. The offer of salvation is for all who will believe in Jesus Christ. Will you trust in Him? If you do know Him, your guilt is gone. Live free. Live clean. Live forgiven. Live new in the perfect sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lamb of God, our great High Priest, our Lord and our Savior. Keep reading. Hope this helps you so much. I'm telling you, if you understand this, it will revolutionize the way that you see Holy Scripture. I pray that's true. I pray that the Lord would keep you, that He would lead you, that He would guide you. And I cannot wait to see you this Sunday. You guys have a great rest of your week.